Hello and welcome to today's episode of Grease the Poles. It is Thursday, 11-11, and I apologize for the delay, but uh, Nick's been a little busy. I think he's going to explain here. I've had some uh, some sources, some direct knowledge within the camps of a certain NFL player returning to a certain NFL team that he was beloved and that he took to a Super Bowl. I have, direct, with direct knowledge of the situation, Cam Newton. Is this going to be a... Uh... A Nick Nuke? Uh, Cam Newton is returning to the Panthers. <laughs> Another Nick Nuke to start Cam, the episode. I won it on record. I beat out Shefty. <laughs> I beat out Rappaport to it. This is a Nick Nuke exclusive. Cam Newton exclusive. is returning to the Panthers. Super Cam is home. You're hearing it here Sam, first. Sam Darnold obviously sucks. They needed a quarterback to come in and... They feel like they needed a superhero back on their team. They needed they needed a superhero back on the team. Yes, <laughs> perfect way to describe it. So Cam Newton is here, vaccinated. All, Cam all Newton, vaccinated, all, all ready vaccinated. to go. So I don't know. This he this really got might be a, uh, in Carolina. Maybe, maybe he did specifically for it. Who knows? But, but it seems like a recipe for success. If Cam has taken his hats and the holes in his hats specifically, so his hair sticks out back yes. to Carolina. Oh man, can't wait to see it. So that is the second Nick Nuke of this short podcast already, but can't wait for more. Can't wait for more. I don't know if you guys are ready for that kind of excitement to start out the episode. We usually ease our way in. See, you didn't think we would start with one, but we did start with one. That's the type of content you get from this podcast. (laughs) Fortunately enough. All right, well, we're going to get right into the Sixers. The uh, the Sixers have been, I would say, impressive. They've been three and two since the last podcast, but Mm -hmm. they have been the COVID Sixers. Yes. We haven't really seen much of our starters in the past few games. I haven't seen Tobias Harris for like what a feels year? like a month. I, yeah, a month or a year. Him, Embiid. Embiid's been gone. Obviously, Simmons. No. Uh, Green's been out with an injury. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Everybody and their mom is hurt, and honestly, all of our our uh, free agent signings this off season have been stepping up for us in a big way. Big way. We got Andre Drummond, the uh I mean it seems like the team machine. the team doesn't really miss a beat with Embiid not on the floor. I mean obviously we're not as effective, but mm-hmm. it seems like we're not really missing a beat for the first time since we've had Embiid, really. Yeah. Which Niang, is a great feeling. Niang is stepping up. I'm slowly falling in love with Niang. Oh, I mean, how could you I'm not? I'm having broke back mountain dreams with Niang, man. <laughs> Honest to God. This man, he, I always love the guy on the Sixers. There's like, there comes one every couple of years or so that like always comes off the bench and gives you solid minutes and like just plays his heart out and you just fall in love with. Like I fell in love with um, Gallinari. This, this feels kind of like, and I don't, I don't want to offend anyone who, you know, has this man beloved to their heart, and this might be disrespectful, but Niang almost feels like a Dario Saric kind of guy. Yes, yes. In a very exactly. like, I just the the Ooh, that's good, the kind that's of way he plays. Comparison. He's a better shooter, but yeah, I mean, like better shooter. He reminds me of him in some ways, in like the lovable kind of aspect. Yes. I feel like. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, he's just like. He's Sarge, but a better shooter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's shooting forty percent, forty-one percent from three this year. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. Like we have we have ten players right now who are averaging over twenty minutes a game, and they're all contributing in some way. I know. I, you can just sense 
the, how great the chemistry is on this team currently, like right now, with like no additions, the vibes. no like just good vibes right now, man. They're on this wave, and you can just you can see how they play. Everybody knows the role. Everybody's sticking to their role, and everybody's putting up these numbers, man. Yeah, it's just very impressive. The consistency with everybody on this team, with no Embiid, with no Harris, is like really something, and Doc's doing a great job. Well, I feel like it's the first time in a few years, um, I know I said this already with Drummond, but even more so with everyone, I feel like. Um, it's the first time in a few years where anyone in the starting lineup can be out and someone on the bench is going to come in and fill that role nicely. And if it, not, you know, like, better, like if Thiable comes in for Danny Green or something yeah. like that, you know what I mean? Like, like, in the past, someone comes it. into the starting lineup and you're dreading, you know, how many oh, yeah. how many points the player on the other team at that position is going to score that night. So, I mean, it's nice that we actually can have some good relief at this I, point. Yeah, I love them. I love it. And, and even our young guys, like Paul Reed, Isaiah Joe, like when they come yeah. in the game, they're Solid not even, minutes. you know, because when, when they're the next man up to mm-hmm. the bench role, yeah, you know, it's nice to have someone like that who's going to actually step in and, and play a role. 100%. And it just comes back to what Philadelphia fans have been wanting for at least a decade. We finally got our Kentucky guard. Yes. And Maxie, look what happens when we finally draft a Kentucky guard. You see what happens, man? I hate Calipari, but like he knows how to develop players. He just wants you there for one year and gets you to the league and make millions. And we finally, with Daryl Morey, yep. finally got our Kentucky guard. And look what's happening. Well, just I mean, there's certain guys. Like I, I am of the belief that like I could be a GM in the NBA and win like games. Like I, I know every fan thinks that, but like I watched. I fact i can't i watched maxi at kentucky like the beginning of the season his freshman year he hit he hit like a 40 foot three at madison square garden to like dagger whatever team they were playing in like the championship of the preseason tournament and like right then draft that guy like Mm -hmm. it's just like there are certain things that you do as a basketball player that's like that is a different basketball player right there like he is going to be a great player he's a basketball first player yeah i mean there's just like when I saw that, like, I would do anything to have that on my team, you know? Like, especially yes. at that point where we really had no one that was doing yeah. anything like that, initiating the, like, offense, anything. Like, so there's just certain times where you just see a player do something in college, and it's like, that, like you just draft him. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to overthink this. He is a starting Kentucky guard that is doing things like that. Like, yes. you just do it. And, I mean, unless we get somebody for Ben Simmons, if a Ben Simmons trade happens soon or something – I love Maxi starting. Love so, starting. speaking of which, we now have another fun little spicy trade rumor here. In my opinion, perhaps the spiciest of all that we've had yet. One In, million percent. Uh, now we're hearing that Ben Simmons could be offered to the Celtics for Jalen Brown, and they would not accept anything other than Jalen Brown. Give it to me and give it to me hard. I love this trade. I mean, I couldn't I love, love it anymore. This trade. I love this trade. I love this trade. I, the only thing, like, I feel I feel not great loving it because he's a player on the Celtics. Yeah. But, but, like, it just would be so great because then we could hate Ben Simmons so much. Oh, my God. Ben Simmons in that Celtic green would make me want to go through walls just to fight him. I can't. That would be unbelievable. And Jalen Brown, besides Dame, would probably be the best the player best. you could probably get back. In the like perfect fit for like this team. So uh, like I was saying to you, uh, well, never mind. We don't we don't talk outside of the podcast. Actually. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. But um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, with with Jalen Brown, out of the people we've heard about as trade 
candidates or trade rumors, whatever. Jalen Brown is the one where like you're really not losing too much defense because he's an elite defender himself, and he's just like it would be great to have a two-way player that can initiate offense and then go back and like stop the best wing on the other team. Oh yeah, that would just be great. And then in that case, like you were saying, Maxi's probably still starting in that scenario because yeah, I would know, he's yeah, a, I would think so. Because Brown's away. Jalen Brown's young still, and he's got. Tons of playoff experience, too. And so he fits Embiid's like, timeline, yeah. which is another thing with this trade. You want to get someone close to Embiid's age, which exactly. that would be so another you plus. with each other and everything. You want that Kobe Shaq thing. But, like, at least well, with uh, <laughs> yeah, at least with uh, Simmons trading, when you're going to trade Ben Simmons, you know you're probably going to get a worse defensive player. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> unless so you're getting like Rudy Gobert, apparently yeah, so that's, that's the only one in the in the NBA this year. Yeah, so, and that's not going to happen. So, like, I Ugh. would trade the shooting that we get with Brown for that and everything. But I love this team. I love this team, and Jalen Brown just fitting in this team would be well, so nice. And like, like we said in the last podcast, it's just, it would be great to be able to just add an incredible, like, player yes. into what we already have going right now and how we're Amazing rolling. Amazing chemistry that we have right now. <clears throat> just Jalen Brown, because you see Marcus Smart's calling him and Jason Tatum out publicly. It doesn't seem like... This is just a win-win because, one, it increases the trade uh, or it decreases the trade value, so it makes a trade with us more likely. And, two, yes. it's just like, ha the Celtics doing this bullshit now. <laughs> like, it's that, fun to root against them. That's kind of Thing it just popped in my head, honestly. Brad Stevens, as the new GM of the Celtics, I feel like still needs to do that one Danny Ainge like move. defining move. Danny Ainge, come on KG, come on Ray Allen type move to define like, hey, like I'm the Danny Ainge type of GM. And I'm- I can totally see Brad Stevens <clears throat> being one of those egotistical GMs where he's like, I can get Ben Simmons and fix his career. Like, oh, this team can fix him. And he'll be great over here. He somehow got promoted <clears throat> after, fit, after, like, after being on the hot seat. Season. Yeah, he somehow <laughs> got promoted. So that would be, I, I cannot. Now, do you think it, Simmons, to, Simmons and Jalen Brown would be straight up for each other? Um, Do you think the Celtics would want somebody else? I honestly, it seems like it would be a even-ish kind of trade, but, I mean, I don't know how these things work with where the trade value for each is at right now. I feel like just the fact that Jalen Brown's been playing this year and playing well, very yeah. well, mm-hmm. I feel like at this point we would probably have to attach stuff just because Simmons like, is probably viewed as not great in the locker room at this do point. You think, <laughs> do you think the Celtics would take, like, Simmons in just one first-round pick for Jalen Brown? Um... Maybe something like that, yeah. I, maybe even another player. I, I don't know. At least me personally, like I don't want to trade anybody from this team of any value, just because like I love the chemistry of this team. Well, that's another I question I had for it. you. If we add Jalen Brown, one of our ten guys that's averaging twenty minutes right now suddenly is not in the rotation anymore. So Correct. who's that going to be? And like that sucks. <laughs> Agreed. I'd go. I mean, Danny Green's the obvious odd man out. So you're just putting him out of the rotation. Yeah. I'll He's not playing at all. No, he'll play a little bit. But that's what I'm I saying. Mean, He's coming minutes, off the bench. His minutes would decrease significantly because we have a younger, better but player. But off the, off the bench, you have Thibel and Korkmaz, who are both playing great. So one of them then will not be playing. Agreed. But, like, Korkmaz... Well, then again, Doc, Doc has played, like, 11, 12 people in games before, so that's not out of the question yeah. either that he would just play everyone. I mean, 
hey, I rather have uh, I rather have that problem than not have that problem. Exactly. Hey, it's we have a great problem of, now. We have a hey, I would like I would love to be like a little bit like the Lakers in that regard. Like, hey, we have so many people, so many super. The Lakers like of the recent past though. Yeah, yeah. The not, Lakers the Lakers blow this not, year. Yeah, not right now. I I do not it's ever since Space Jam Two, man. You knew it was ever since Space Jam Two. Oh, there there, there had to be anything. some kind of yeah. curse with that. Yeah. That was yeah, definitely. Unbelievable. But yeah, Simmons to Celtics, just give me it. Give me it right now. I, I agree. Unbe- just him and Celtic Green. Oh, man. Can that would be fun. Not only would it be Simmons on the Celtics, but uh, Horford yes. and Josh Richardson, three of our starting Josh five Richardson, from just a couple seasons ago. Forgot Josh Richardson. Yeah, can three just, of our starting five. Can we say, just off the bat, Maurice trade Seth Curry for Josh Richardson has to be one of the fleeces of Philly sports in the history, history in the last, like, Decade. I mean, Seth what Curry shooting forty eight percent from three. Un- and Josh Richardson is on what his second or third team. He, he's like the yeah, he's like the eighth man on the Celtics right now. Unbelievable! What a trade, and that was just straight up too. Straight up, unbelievable trade. And Seth Curry's shooting fifty percent from three. And I mean, they dumped and they dumped Horford's contract and got Danny Green. Know, that yeah. was a that was a couple of oh, great Murray, great trades. Murray did a clean sweep of this. As soon as he came. What an offseason. And then they drafted Maxi, Paul yep. Reed, and Isaiah yep. Joe that same offseason. Yep. And now we're back to finding Ben Simmons. So I love Darren Maury, man. Maury <laughs> to the moon, man. Maury oh, I'm all for it. I hope we have Maury for the next century as yes. our GM. Yes. I hope he never yes. leaves. Let's go. All right. So let's move on to the Eagles. We uh, we saw them this past weekend. Um, my, my lock of the year, as you'll remember from last episode, was was a hit. Yes. The minus one, one and a half, whatever it ended at for the Chargers, you they won it. by three. You made a lot of people a lot of money that day. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm yeah, sure everyone was. A lot of people. Sure, lot everyone was laying down day. units on that. Oh yeah. But, uh, yeah. So they they barely did cover, but it came right down to the end. The the Chargers did win by three. I don't want to make it sound like I was rooting for that to happen because I didn't actually. Yeah, you were rooting for that. that I happened. didn't bet on it myself. No. I I don't bet against my teams. But. Very. <clears throat> Very well, I don't bet on my teams or against my teams that much. Let's yeah, say that. yeah, especially when you know they're going to lose. Yeah. So yeah, the the lock of the year hit, um, covered by a point and a half, and uh, yeah, it's it's weird watching the Eagles because like all of a sudden now Nick Sirianni did like a heel turn in the middle of the season. All of a sudden, our offense went from Jalen Hurts chucking the ball forty times a game to Jordan Howard leading a heavy run attack. So Hertz and Howard just run now. Hertz doesn't even throw the ball. I hate that it took our starting running back to get hurt for several weeks for our inexperienced practice squad running back of the past. Stupid of a person of a head coach to finally realize we should run the ball. That's also a part of football. Football, like you, you need to run the <laughs> football. ball. Like you need to run the ball, man. You and Jalen Hurts who's not that good of a quarterback as it is, throwing 40 times a game is not going to win you any games. Like, last week against the Chargers, Jordan Howard had as many rushing attempts as Jalen Hurts did pass attempts, set with 17. So you got 17 carries for Howard, and he had 71 yards and a touchdown. Jalen Hurts had was 11 for 17 with 162 and a touchdown. Like, right there you see the balance of the offense, and that's not even counting all the carries that Boston Scott got and, and Gamewell got a couple carries too. And Sirianni's finally, like, seeing like, oh, okay, my subpar quarterback doesn't have to do all this work. I got other people on my team that can help. 
Yeah, no, it's it's really a, a nice feeling to have, I guess, this committee. But at the same time, like, where was this when we actually had our franchise running back yeah, available? The committee's not even that good. <clears throat> like, the committee's not – like, it's it's okay. It's not that good, though. Yeah, no, and it's it's just, like, weird because – I don't know. I mean, it's it's definitely more so playing <clears throat> into Jalen Hurts' play style because he's not yeah. supposed to be throwing the ball 40 times. I don't think he's that quarterback. No. And he can't throw from the pocket for shit. Right. So it's just not his style to be sitting there chucking all game. It, yeah. That's that's a dis that's a disservice to him to be making him do that. It makes him look worse than he is. But at the same time, like, why are we waiting until one of our best offensive players is now injured to start? running the ball to our lead back 17 times. Dare I say the 2021 Philadelphia Eagles offense looks exactly like the Alabama offense of a couple of years ago where they have Smith. All they do is have Hurts just clap the ball, clap for the ball, gets the ball hiked to him, runs to the right automatically and just throws a bomb down the Hopefully field. Smith and you have is Devontae there. Smith. <laughs> and you have Devontae Smith. Which we saw, obviously, that he finally got the ball last week. So, well, thank God. So, despite the Eagles losing, I, I think there there were a lot of good takeaways from this. So, the fact that Hurts didn't throw as much that he ran, they, they were efficient with their runs. Howard did play well, despite being a player that shouldn't be on the roster right now. Yeah. And now and he made, didn't he just make the They officially signed the, him yeah, to so the active roster. The well, yeah. I mean, full year now. Right, because, I mean, Sanders is going to be out. Yeah. But, I mean, the, in my opinion, my favorite thing from this game was that Devontae Smith finally got six targets, caught, caught the ball five times, had 116 yards, and found the end zone again, finally. Yes. Like, finally, you go to your number one draft pick. Finally, like... You, Guy you traded up for in the first him. round. Because for some reason, Heisman we winner. completely forgot, like, what we spent to get him and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So... And how good he is, so let's just feed him the ball and see. Please, <laughs> and see what happens. Please, that yeah, seems like good things like, generally happen. I mean, 116 yards on five catches, like, that's that's pretty damn good. I mean, and that was only with Hurts throwing the ball 17 times. Yeah, like, so he had basically half of his half of his throws was to Devontae Smith. So I think this is completions. this is pretty much the ideal. I mean, if you're, if you're scoring 24 points against the Chargers – that's not that's not a bad game. I mean, especially from a subpar offense right now. Oh yeah. And I mean, it came down to the last minute. I think that they're exactly. But, so yeah. I think that generally on offense, this wasn't a disappointing game. I, I think that they're starting to find the identity of like Hertz and and how he needs to be around mm-hmm. him. Like they're finding ways to incorporate Smith and Goddard now that Goddard's the the clear tight end now. Yeah. So I, I just feel like that's that's encouraging. So hopefully when Miles Sanders is healthy again, he'll hopefully be able to get those touches that are going to Jordan and Howard right now. Yeah, yeah, hopefully, Jesus. And can we can we do something, uh, Nick Sirianni? I'm talking to you. Can we win at home for the first time this season? We have not won at home this entire season. No. We have played nine games. We have not won at home. The tailgates are better than the games. Do you, you remember, don't go for the games it anymore. It just seemed like a couple of years ago, we were the team that couldn't lose at home. Yeah. We were the team that couldn't lose at home. You knew we were winning when you came at home. doesn't matter who came. And now whoever come, like shows up in Philly and I mean, I think smacks that, us around. I think that that is a, a big um, – it has a lot to do with the defense. I mean, teams that have great defenses play well at home. 
that's usually how it goes when Do you're just not get me started yeah when you defense. can't feed off that energy and shut a team down then you know that that's kind of what you're gaining from the home field advantage i mean the home field advantage doesn't help you on offense because no. you're you want them to be yeah. quiet yeah no, exactly <laughs> so the I better defensive teams are usually going to be good at home and the eagles are just not all you need to know is Derek barnett is out there covering people why Number one, why is he on this team? I mean, the middle of the field is just wide open. The linebackers are contributing nothing in coverage. I mean, they get tackles, and it looks great. But you got to be able to cover people over the middle. And and everybody and their mom over there on the Eagles staff is probably sitting there with the dick in their hand. It's like, oh, uh, why is this happening? So, Well, maybe invest in the linebacker position for in the last, like, five years maybe, please. Can you invest in that position? And now it's coming back to haunt us. Now we have nobody in the middle of the field. We have to get our probably our worst defensive lineman to cover people, to cover that middle of the field, and he ain't covering shit. No. So, like, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Jonathan Gannon needs to go. Just Jonathan Gannon needs to go. More than Sirianni, Jonathan Gannon needs to go. I mean, I think they're probably all – Going to be out in short order after the season. <laughs> I hope so. I don't think Sirianni's going to leave, sadly, but I do think that there has to be a, some sort of some sort of shakeup. Jesus Christ! <laughs> All right. So before we move on from the NFL altogether, let's talk about uh, let's talk about OBJ. OBJ. Odell Beckham is now a free man. He is a free agent, and he is on the market. He is searching, and now he is waiting after the games on Sunday to decide. What team wins the OBJ sweepstakes? <laughs> Which team will put on the best display for him this I, Sunday? It's crazy how he's trying to get like the upper hand and have them audition for him. Just have these teams audition for him. Do you do you win? have any insight? Like, do we have any Nick Nukes to share right I'm now? I'm not saying he's not going to Green Bay, but I'm not not saying that as well. Okay. I'll just leave I'll, it as I'll that. I'll try to listen back to this I'll later and see if I can track that. the knots there. I'll just but. leave it at that. But... Yeah, it's just like, oh, Chiefs, you have to blow this team out by whatever. And Mahomes better pass it to whoever I want him to pass him to. Hey, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers better play. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't get his ass vaccinated, maybe I ain't playing. <laughs> How about if he goes to the Packers and it just ends up being Jordan, Jordan Love. Love for the rest of the year? <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell I love yeah. it. That would be I love amazing. It. Like, and then they win the Super Bowl. Oh, my <laughs> Oh, my if Jordan Lowe wins the Super Bowl because Aaron Rodgers can't play because he's not vaccinated. What a story. Because, like, 2021. He, he did, like, some immune whatever that he can't because he took some horse pills that Joe Rogan I would said. Be, I would be take. rooting for it, honestly. That if Jordan be, Love was in the Super Bowl with a chance to be the vaccinated person of the year yeah, and win over, I mean, I mean, <laughs> over that, his starter. That would be incredible. Even though Aaron Rodgers is a close personal friend of mine, because we are in the crypto game right. together, so shout out my good friend well, Aaron Rodgers. That's but, why I asked you if you have any inside yeah, information. Shout here. out my good friend Aaron Rodgers. So oh. you're gonna have to let us know. We, we might have to do an emergency podcast if you We're, find out from we Aaron. We might have to, man. We might have to because shit's getting shit's getting a little weird. We're just gonna come out with a five minute emergency podcast on Sunday just to yes. break the news. Just to break the news. Yes, that Aaron Rodgers is indeed. He he's never going to get vaccinated. I, he's just never going to get vaccinated. This is going to be this is going to be something. He's just going to keep pulling out prosthetic arms when I, he gets vaccinated. I love how he was just like, yeah. I've talked to medical experts and my good friend Joe Rogan. It's like don't <laughs> don't put them in the same sentence, please. They're not the same thing. 
It's not, it, you can't be like, yeah, I talked to my doctor and the homeless man underneath the subway. Like, <laughs> like, like, like one opinion matters, the other opinion doesn't. I love it. Right. But so whatever. Let, let's move along to another man who uh, has a humongous ego, and you can tell from the way he speaks. Okay. <laughs> and we'll move along to Scott Boris. So Boris uh, had a series of quotes coming out the other day about the Braves World Series title. I, I don't know if he ever specifically named the Braves, but there were a series of quotes basically saying that they only I mean, won the World Series because of tanking. He basically named the Braves. I mean, like, he named... So this, is, even this is the quote. He said, We have seen the championship in 60 days. The rules allow them to be a less than 500 team at August 1st and add four players, five players from teams that no longer wanted to compete and for very little cost change the entirety of their team and season. And we saw this unfold to the detriment of teams that create at vast expense planning and intellect and won over 100 games. Like, I guess, San Francisco, teams like that. Yankees. In doing all this, <laughs> they didn't win over 100 games. No, I know, but like... You'll... Or maybe... No, never mind. In doing all this, we have now created an understanding that a fan would not know who the true team is until, frankly, the trading deadline. That is the one thing I really do agree with from this. Because if you're trying to grow the sport, you don't want to see a year like this. Yeah, where you don't know first, who the Braves are until first August 1st. The year just doesn't matter, basically. Doesn't if matter at all. If you're a 500 team or sub-500 team, you could just win it all. So basically, I, it, it, it played to the advantage, obviously. Like, not every team could have had this approach because it played to the advantage that the Phillies just refused to be great this year and, like, nobody took took control of the division until the Braves did eventually in August. My God. But that did, you know, help them to be able to just decide, hey, let's just add a bunch of players that are going to help us, and they did all end up being great and way better than anyone could have expected. Is he just a little butthurt that all of the – Braves acquisitions when none of his clients. I think that must be what it is. I think, I think it also is more like, of a thing like when this happens, it's not good for my bank account because my big name players are oh, not. Of course, like you're telling me they didn't get uh, Gallo or somebody he wanted to be signing this. Like, uh, I don't know. Come on, come on. I mean, he uh, did go to the Yankees at the deadline, so it's hard to say that yeah. you know if the Yankees won the won the World yeah. Series with Rizzo and come and on. Gallo coming in. Yeah. I don't think these quotes would have been coming out. Exactly. And Scott Boris, I always, I'm always like, on the fence with Scott Boris as it is. But I will say, that the the Braves traded for Eddie Rosario for Pablo Sandoval. That was a straight up trade, Pablo Sandoval. Wow. I don't know if any of you remember him from Pablo like Sandoval. last decade when he won a World Series with the Giants. Is he still playing? It, exactly, and wow. that was a straight up trade for Eddie Rosario, who was starting the whole playoffs for the Braves and was the, one of their best players in the first couple rounds. Adam Duvall, they got for, have you ever heard of the catcher Alex Jackson? No. Exactly. That sounds... Again, no. straight up trade. Jock Peterson for first baseman Bryce Ball. While this is an all-star name, all-star yes. sports Agreed. name, Agreed. that does not increase your trade value. Sadly, unfortunately. it does not. Unfortunately, it does not. So that, that was who the... Uh, the Dodgers commanded for for Jock Peterson. And then World Series MVP, Jorge Soler, was traded from the Kansas City Royals for pitcher Casey Kalich. What's with these names? Bryce Ball, Casey Kalich? What is with these None names? of those players were on the Braves this year that they traded. They were all non-important pl- players to their organization, and they ended up with four players who basically were their outfield in the playoffs. Don't, don't hate because – 
you know how much I hate the Braves. Don't hate on the Braves because the GM was really good this year and he got quality guys. I mean, for, he didn't do anything wrong. Nothing. Yeah, he took advantage of how it him. works. But Don't hate on him. I mean, Scott Boris is more so critiquing the system and, like, how teams yeah, are tanking. Yeah, but he's kind of – yeah, is he critiquing the system, though? If one well, of his the thing is with baseball, baseball is, like, the only sport I know where you can – you can't trade draft picks. So you yeah. really can tank in baseball and make sure you get the number one pick if you really want. Yeah, I mean – Like, if, if the Phillies wanted, they could draft me, you, my family, like – of my dog. I mean, I mean, honestly, and put us out there and I mean, lose every game. Isn't that kind of what like Houston did for like yes, the longest and the Cubs? Because at least I remember as a kid when they were in the NL, when they were in the they NL, were like, they were just they were always terrible. But they kept they were that bad that they changed they them drafted, into the other league. And they drafted Altuve, Core, like they drafted, right, yeah, they drafted Springman, like they drafted everybody. Now look at they're like yeah. I mean, for lack of a better And the Cubs. Word, the Cubs won the World Series from all players that they tanked for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris Bryant, like, like everybody. Rizzo, so all the Baez, all of them. the Phillies need to... Well, the Phillies need to, no. that's the thing about the Phillies. The Phillies are mediocre every year, so they never have that good of a draft pick, and we're they never make the playoffs. Play. We're just never... We, we're just never... I hate being mediocre. Either be, yeah. be, like, super ass and get somebody good, or, like, be good and give me, like, some... And, and like I said, this is like, well, not really like I said, but like this is the worst sport to be a mediocre team because, like I said, you yeah. can't trade draft picks. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're really stuck in that draft slot if that's how mediocre you're going to be. And especially how long the season is, man. Being mediocre sucks. And, like, it's nobody wants to come so to your team long. in free agency if you're an average team. Oh, man, nobody does. Nobody no wants to be stuck in that. No matter you already have on your team, nobody's going to want to come. No. As we see. So. Yeah. So let's move on to our first segment. We have draft a staff that we're going to debut right now. We're going to basically draft a full staff, and we're going to do a GM as well. So we're going we're gonna to take one GM, one head coach, and two assistant coaches, and it's going to be an attempt at the worst staff we could create to try to tank for the number one pick. I guess kind of on topic here, actually. Love it. I can't wait for this. So we're going to try to pick the worst staff we can. Okay, so... So why don't you why don't you kick us off? You can go ahead and pick your GM. All right, my GM, straight off the bat, Eddie Wade, <laughs> ex Philadelphia Phillies GM. I do not like this man. If you ever seen him in person, which I have several times, he looks like Big Bird. <laughs> I he did not do anything to this team, except be bad. Mediocre. Just, he was just terrible. Was like, every move he made, he just kept bringing in older players that never did anything. And we were, the Phillies were a laughing stock for like A lot of desperation moves. Ten years. Yeah. I, I had to be at least a teenager when we finally made the playoffs and did something. <laughs> yep. Like, oh, my God. So, Ed Wade is my definitely and that my was, GM. that was Ruben Amaro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> His protege. Yeah. His protege. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. <clears throat> All right, so I'm going to go from... I feel like this list is going to be mostly, like, hateable bad, but this is a lovable bad. Mm. I'm going to take Sam Hinkie, the greatest of all time. Sam Hinkie. <clears throat> Ooh, okay. May he rest in peace. Okay. May he rest in peace. Sam Hinkie. That Sam is Hinkie the goat. Pick. If I want the number one pick, if I want to tank, he he will know how to load up my staff to be bad. He will know how to pick players for my true. team that, that is, will be that bad. That's a very good that's a very good pick. Because he, if anyone's going to tank, mm-hmm. I want the head CEO of the process in want, charge. If you need any advice, 
as to how can I tank even worse. That's your guy. Exactly. Answer. So I, I like think that, that who who would you want as your leader more than Sam Hinkie for a tank draft? That's a good that's a good pick, man. All right, so let's that's move on to uh, let's move on okay. head coach. Head coach. You go ahead. I thought about this one, but I got to go with Pete McCannon. <laughs> Great pick. Ex-manager of the Philadelphia Phillies. If any of you can even remember that. Yeah, Pete. Like, does anybody remember Pete? I had to look him up because I I just remembered, like, his that stupid face he had <laughs> and how he never went to bat for his players and everything like that. The slicked back gray hair. Hate the glasses. It. I hate He looks like every, every older guy I see on Second Street. That's, <laughs> that's what he looks like. It it, I it was just so mediocre. We played with no passion for the game or anything. And that was when like three fans would show up at the games oh, every day. Man, yeah, yeah. Dom Brown was our best player. Dom Brown, yeah. John Pete, Mayberry. Pete McCannon did nothing for us. <laughs> I didn't think we could get worse after Ryan Sandberg, but we did. Oh yeah. Pete McCannon. Mm-hmm. Pete McCannon is my Great head pick. coach manager. All right, so my head coach is going to be Chip Kelly. This is a, I went from a lovable bad to an extreme hate bad. Excellent pick. (laughs) I hate Sam Hank. Or, uh, sorry. Jeff Kelly. Excuse me. I'm sorry that those words ever almost came out of my (laughs) mouth. (laughs) I'm sorry, Sam. I absolutely despise Chip Kelly. Yes. So he basically came into our loaded Eagles team, absolutely stacked Eagles team, and just, like, filled it with a bunch of toxicity and, like, just trash. Took over as the GM, traded LaShawn McCoy. I will never forgive him for doing that. It's like he went... Kiko Alonso. It's like that one scene in action movies where the guy just lights a lighter, he throws it in a building, and just walks off as the burning just... Yep. We literally had, like, one of the best offenses of recent history, and he made the playoffs once and lost in the first round in three years. He's like Deshaun Jackson. Okay, gone. LaShawn McCoy, gone. Bye. Jeremy Macklin, get out of here. Yeah, let's trade... The future savior of Philadelphia for Sam Bradford. Yeah, Sam, Sam Sammy Sleeves. For Sammy Sleeves. Yep. Who, I'm not going to lie, had an okay year with us. Honestly, not was lie. not terrible. He, and he actually played, like... He was the bridge like, tri- to, to Wentz. Triple the amount of games I thought he was going to play with us. He, so he wasn't that bad. But, like, you trade Nick... Just looking back on it, you trade Nicky Swingin' Dick for, like... Yeah, Sammy sleeves, and they, not... he was just like so frustrating to watch because like oh it would be he was the classic like third and nine I'm gonna throw it six yes. yards like I'm not gonna get it there to the first down because I don't feel like it. The worst thing I hate about their number one thing I hate about Chip Kelly is do you remember that Monday Night Football game against the Redskins? Yeah, of course. And that, I like that explosive play, the first explosive. play of the game, and I'm like, holy! And then you see, and that everyone offense, was like, "This is the best like, team of all time." Holy shit! This offense he's running. A million plays a game. Nobody's going to be able to stop this. Yeah, and like it was electric for like two weeks. Hope, and you're like, dude, we're going to the moon. Yeah, and then like nothing happens, and you actually get significantly worse and worse every season. Well, I think that that's that's the reason that I hate him so much is because like he gave me such intensely great hope. Like I was like, this might be the greatest offense that I've ever seen. Him coming from Oregon, I thought he was going to change the game. I thought he was going to change the game. I'm like, this dude's going to revolutionize football, and he just doesn't. Just can't get out of that college mindset. It doesn't does not work like that in the NFL. He's been doing all right at UCLA, but like if I'm doing a professional. Team, I'm good on. What, I'm good on. Do you remember he was he tried to be the 49ers coach after that? Yeah, and that ew. went out. Yeah, ew. yeah, ill. He was a 49ers coach. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. All right, let's let's move on. From All right. Jeff, from so Kelly. my assistant coach. My assistant coach is Juan Castillo. 
if you guys remember this, back in like the early 2000s, he was our offensive line coach for the Andy Reid-led Eagles team. And he somehow, because I guess he played linebacker in college or something, went from the OL coach to the defensive coordinator if you're a, if you're, mid-season. If you're a linebacker in college, what are you doing as an offensive line coach in the first place? Who in their right mind is like, yo, we need a defensive coordinator. Who's Who would be amazing at coaching defense? I know the guy who tells our people to block or not <laughs> an offensive line coach. What an unbelievable th- – till this day, I do not understand why Andy Reid did that. And I really want – our first guest on this podcast is going to be Andy Reid, and I will ask him. That would be will the first question that. I ask him. Why did you promote Juan Castillo to the defensive coordinator? What an unbelievable – just what an unbelievable move, and I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. And it so, just never got any better. So you you heard it here first. Our Our first – our first guest appearance will be Andy Reid, and we will be opening up off the cuff with yes. what were you thinking yes. <laughs> with Juan Castillo. And then after, we're going to we're gonna enjoy some nice bison burgers because I feel like Andy Reid's a nice bison burger guy. All right. Sounds like a great time. It's going to be an amazing time. It's going to be an amazing time. <laughs> All right. I'll stay on the topic of the birds since we love them so much, and I will go with our current wide receiver coach of, or no, not current, I'm sorry, our last year's uh, wide receiver coach, Carson Walsh. Yes. First Give of all, name, name value, yes. terrible, ew. Why would you ever? Carson no. W, no thanks. I don't coach need that. Walsh. Yeah, that, that must have been the hiring criteria with him. Like, he sounds like our quarterback, yeah. so we're just going to yeah. do it. What sounds, what's the most ugly name after coach we can put? Let's put Walsh. Ugh, disgusting. So, yeah, he, he basically just, like, every wide receiver across the board had, like, the worst season possible. So, like, Alshon Jeffrey had the worst season of his life. Jalen Rager was our first-round pick, and Justin Jefferson made him look like he was a kindergartner. Oh, my God. Um, We had J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. We, we still haven't heard of him. So maybe that wasn't even his fault, honestly. Maybe that wasn't Walsh's fault. The sad part. And I then think, uh, think... Matt Collins. Oh, Matt Collins. Oh, Matt my Collins. God, I forgot about You know what? The only thing I remember about Matt Collins is he did that fucking backpack dance. Yep, yep, he, the floss. And I'm like, wow, this kid's actually fast. He's going to do good. And he did that. Mm. Oh, okay. No, no, he's nah, not. Yeah. He's not. I actually saw, I think he's playing with, like, Chicago now. It's like, a, it's like Juju Smith-Schuster. Like, once he started doing these weird TikTok dances, his career just went down the drain. Don't, don't like there's certain things you just like like I said earlier like with with players like Maxi like there's certain it factor things that they do where you're like that player is different and like I he's a yeah. great player you know yeah. it there's certain things that you do that you're also like you look at the player and you're like mm, great mm. players don't do things yeah. like that great. and like Juju's literally had that effect on his career he was like yeah. I'm going to start doing weird things yeah. and his career went down the drain immediately what you tell me prime Randy Moss wouldn't make a TikTok <laughs> video with Addison Ray I think that, honestly, Randy Moss probably would be on TikTok. I just don't know if it would be doing these, uh, like, no, dances. True, true. With, like, 10-year-old Corvette, ten, Corvette. <laughs> Yeah. I don't think so. I love that. I love that. But, yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that decision. So, I yeah, like that got that way pick. off topic. But, yeah, that's, the, like uh, that that's my first assistant coach. So, let's move on to your second. All right. I got to go. You got to go, Jonathan Gannon. Yeah, no, we're revisiting Jonathan Gannon. So yeah, let's do it. Jonathan Gannon. I am growing to extremely hate this man. I don't throw that word around a lot, but I'm growing to hate this man. This defense and 
his press conferences, and if I hear him say, it all falls on me, got to do a better job, one more time, dude, like, it's been eight, nine games. You can only say that so many times before it's like, okay, it's been on you, and you haven't done jack shit. What's up? He makes Derek, like we touched on previously, Derek Barnett, he has covering people. He has, like, this system that just doesn't do, it doesn't apply to anybody's strengths. The best defensive player on the team, probably, Fletcher Cox, <laughs> came out and straight up said he's not using me how he's supposed right. to use me. Like, I don't, and I don't. And when have you ever heard Cox make comments like that about a coach never, before? Never, never. You, you know what I mean? Like, and it's not that he wants to leave Philly. <clears throat> he just doesn't want to be here while this guy's here and doesn't yeah, know Jack. He wants to be used correctly. That's doing. fair. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And I mean, Fletcher Cox is not the same player that he was a couple of years ago, but he's still, like, Fletcher fucking Cox. Like, you... Yeah. To like maybe do what he's still he says one of the best D linemen in the yeah, game. It doesn't make any sense. So mm-hmm. I hate I hate Jonathan Gannon. Fair. I can't wait to bury him. All right. So we really went you went Eagles heavy here with this. Yeah, I mean you have to go <laughs> Eagles heavy. All right, to I'm gonna transition. Heavy. I'll I'll give the Phillies some love. Well you did go McCannon, so the Phillies have been included, but I'll go back to the Phillies. And I'll go to our pitching coach, Caleb Cotham. Cotham? Cotham? Who cares? Uh-huh. Get him out. The Phillies pitching coach. Yeah, get it. Yeah. So it, it just, I mean, like, so they hired him, I think, about a year ago from around this time. And I remember hearing, like, he has this great relationship with Girardi. Like, they know how to win together, whatever. All right. Well, I'm going to pull up this prediction from the beginning of the season. Uh, it was from an ESPN article, David Schoenfield. He predicted that. Bryce Harper will have a huge season with 44 home runs and a 430 on-base percentage, which was pretty accurate. But Joe Girardi slash, what even is this guy's name, Caleb Cotham? Yeah, Caleb Cotham uh, has to turn through five closers and the Phillies miss the postseason. Well, the Phillies actually used six closers and still missed the postseason, so his his prediction was pretty spot on. So just the fact that, like, it feels like these pitchers that we get, I mean, I, I don't want to take away from the starting rotation. The starting rotation was actually not terrible this year, but he yeah. didn't get anything out of Nola. Nola had his worst probably season we've seen in a while. Correct. And the bullpen, again, terrible. It's just like every year it's the same thing with the bullpen. They can't it's, get the right guy in It's getting there. to the point now where I forget of a year where we had a good bullpen. Yeah. I just forget of a year where we had a good bullpen that hasn't been – and like a World Series team or something, honestly. Like, I can't remember. When was the last time we had, like, a closer that would give us, a, like, you know he'll give you a solid inning, two innings? You know Probably what I mean? Brad Lidge. <laughs> I mean, and that was, like, over 10 years ago, 12 years ago. Like, the only other person I would think would be, like, uh, Papelbon, but I didn't even really feel that way with Papelbon, and I hated yeah, Papelbon. Yeah, nobody liked Papelbon. No. So, yeah, yeah I wouldn't even yeah. say that. Yeah, like, we haven't had a closing for, uh, just give me a good closer, man. Like, the bullpen could be, like, a little shitty. Just give me a good closer, because even the bullpen yeah. fucks it up. Mm-hmm. Just give me some guy. Like I mean, how many somebody. times this year did we have a lead in the ninth inning oh, and just God. blew it? I mean, if Hector you win those Harris. games, we're in the playoffs. The Braves aren't celebrating right now. One million percent. It's really crazy to think. Like, we, we was on pace to win the division and the Braves. For most of the year. And the Braves have a fucking World Series title. Unbelievable. Yep. 
Unbelievable. Crazy. All right, well, we'll move on to our second segment. Uh, this one is called, this is also a debut. It's going to be called Candid or Catfish. Um, so basically, like, we're going to, I'm going to give you an early season NBA little taste here with some of the teams and how they've been doing. You're going to tell me if they are playing candidly or if they're playing like a catfish. Okay. And I if they're not going to understand gonna, the rules of this Yes. Game. Basically real or fake. Okay. So we're going to start with the Washington Wizards, who are currently... Don't look now. Sitting atop the Eastern Conference with an eight and three record. Do you think candid or catfish? I just uh, before I, like I answer your question, um, I think the only player off the top of my head that I know on Washington besides Beal is Kuzma. Yeah, and that's not a good sign for anything of Kuzma's. The, the second the best. second place just off the top right. like name on your yeah. team. So obviously Rui. this is a catfish. Rui Hachimura. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I catfish one million percent. Yeah, the Wizards are that is... team that's like, they send you, like, they send you ass shots that they just Google ass, and then like the first image that pops up, they send you that, and it's obviously not. It's it. very easy to tell that this is and a it's catfish. Very, yes, 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 it's very is, easy. They're to not. Tell. They're not fooling anyone yeah, here. That ain't no. Yeah. The Bulls, yeah. on the other hand, I don't know. Eight what do you three. think? The Chicago Bulls are tied with the Wizards atop the Eastern Conference, also at 8-3. and three. Candid like, or catfish? I like the Bulls. I'm going to say catfish here. Uh, you know, it really hurts me to say because I love this team so much, and they're probably one of my three to five favorite teams in the league. But I think that this is they're putting on a really a good catfish, catfish act right now. They have a good roster. Does anybody on the team have any experience in the playoffs they're young. whatsoever? They're young. You know what I mean? It's a really young team, but, like, nobody on that team has any no. experience, you know? I don't think that and they end up in the top, like, yeah, four you, or five. Like, I don't see them, uh, yeah, I don't see them being a top three seed. You know what I mean? Like, they'll be good and everything, but I don't see them. I also don't, Is uh, who's the coach, Billy Donovan? Yeah. I don't really like Donovan either. I kind of like Donovan. I, I, I just think that he's a very young player coach. Like, he's yeah. he's built no, for, yeah, like, a, a rebuild or, like, to get the most out of young players in yeah. a, in a I mean, building we'll upwards see. process. We'll see. I just don't catfish. I don't think – I think there'll be a fifth seed maybe. Yeah. I, I think, like, five or six seed, seed yeah. and then probably get bounced in the first round. Yeah. But that w- I will not be happy to see that by any means. I'm rooting yeah. for this team, but I just unfortunately think they're putting on a great catfish act. Right yeah, now. I think. Yeah, me too. One million percent. All right, so now we're gonna spin it in the other direction. That the Atlanta Hawks of last year's Eastern Conference Finals. I can't. That's, so uh, that they went to that's so disgusting know, to say. The Atlanta Hawks made the Eastern Conference. Right, so final. they're twelfth in the East. As uh, they deserve, they are four yeah, and eight right now. They're right four now. and eight. Uh, well, I, mean, I said as they deserve. Are, is say, it is it candid or a catfish? I mean, I'd say, I'd say catfish only because they're going to make the yeah. playoffs. They're not going to be a 12 seed. I mean, they're not going to be the worst team. They're definitely not. Like honestly, them and the Bulls battled out for the fifth seed. Like that's that's yeah. what I see in my eyes. I think that those teams the will Hawks, probably be the about Hawks the same. The Hawks are good and like they're up and coming and stuff. Like they're little head of the Bulls just because of like playoff experience. Obviously, what and Trey Young being a baller. I think that the Hawks but will probably follow like the Celtics timeline of like they made that. the conference finals and they never really found yeah, it again. Yeah, Too yeah. young no, doesn't really it. have yeah. an identity. Trey Young wants out, goes to New York. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. I'm just saying that just after he told them to shut yeah, the fuck yeah, up yeah, last yeah. year. Yeah, <laughs> love that. Yeah, but I'm I'm gonna say catfish. I'm gonna say catfish too. Yeah. I agree with you. I think the Bulls and the Hawks will probably be like 
five, six, seven seeds. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. middle of the pack. In the East. All right, so we'll move to the West. The Golden State Warriors look like they might go 73-9 and nine again. Oh <laughs> they're 10-1. <God. Could laughs> they're 10-1 right now. Oh, my and God. And they're first in the NBA. 100% candid. This, this is without play who they're getting back in a month. Well, like two months. You, you, it, like in my opinion, is, it's like almost like it's scary if oh you ask me. Man, you add, okay, you add. Well, everybody can agree, Clay Thompson, a top ten shooter of all time. Oh, I you think top him, five. Yeah, yeah, I know, but like man. top five, top ten shooter of all time into this roster that's has a mix of young players, but you also have Steph who has a lot of experience. They brought back Iggy who has a lot of experience. Draymond has a lot of experience. But like, paired with that, they have a lot of young players that yeah. are playing really well yeah. right now. It's the perfect mesh of OGs and young players teaching them and everything, yep. bouncing stuff off. And they're only getting another another vet back with Clay, another established winning culture veteran. Mm-hmm. And, and then they're probably going to make another try. I'm I telling still everyone. I think Wiggins is gone. Wiggins well, Wiggins, Wiggins, Wiggins had is, a lot of points last night. Yeah, I don't know Wiggins if you noticed. And this, that's just up with his trade value, but I don't think he's going to be there. Right. But so it, I, I think that the, I've been telling everyone, I think that the Warriors are just bound to make a trade sometimes. Oh, soon. yeah. I think that they've got a lot of young guys that aren't contributing right now that other teams would be looking to develop and yeah. use in the long term. Yeah. And they also have a big contract with Wiggins that they could just throw, like, Wiggins and a couple of the young yeah. players and yeah. probably get a very good player. Yeah. I mean, I see a Gary Payton junior highlight every day he's yeah it's just like they've been getting players like that and that just shows like how steph curry really makes people better on the team just like him steve carter like you just see how good these people are they're all playing at their best you just see how great it is man it just rubs off on everybody definitely all right so now we have the uh the last one the la lakers they are seven and five and sit in the seventh seed where they finished last year um i want to say i'll say candid i think because i I don't see them going anywhere beyond like the fifth seed again like lebron just because like he's old and especially that old ass roster they're just going to play just to make the playoffs yep i, I go, agree with you and then they go from there i think they're gonna they're gonna probably stay around this spot yeah. in the standings most of the year yeah. they're gonna get on espn 50 times a year mm-hmm. and, and they they're care? gonna lose what half of them lebron yeah yeah what's lebron care he just like ideally. Well, he, he's also not playing. Yeah, ideally he'd won home field advantage, but he, he doesn't give a shit. You know, what I mean? he'll be in the West Finals regardless. Yeah, right. So like, who knows? I mean, and I think in the long run, like a, an old team does not usually do well in the regular no. season. So I think that this is probably about what we can I, expect. Yeah, and I also have a love hate relationship with this team because I don't want them to win the title, but I want Mel to win the title. Uh, so I have a love hate relationship I see, with this team. I see. So you'll be okay with them winning then. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll live with it. Right. It's better okay. than a Ben Simmons led Celtics team. Yeah, you know definitely, I mean? definitely. So, so. Well, so yeah, I think that they're probably going to be a play-in team yeah, again this year. Yeah. All right, well, uh, Nick, I think we're pretty much uh, I think we're pretty much done here. Right yeah, at the 50-minute mark. Tons of juicy content we got into today, man. Definitely. Tons. You got anything else to uh, to plug or anything to say? No, man. Just uh, thanks. Thank you guys for listening again. Uh, follow Grease the Poles Pod. On Tune into our uh, emergency five-minute podcast on Sunday. Tune into their emergency for Nick Nuke about Odell Nick. Beckham. You have no idea what's about to come. You have no <laughs> idea what's about to happen. You have no idea. Just stay tuned, people. Stay tuned. All right. Well, until then, I think uh, I think thank you for listening. I think we can yeah. get on out of here. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening, man. Appreciate right. it. Go birds. Go birds.